Welcome to Between Heaven and Earth, an internet radio talk show where we help you connect spirit and divine guidance. Lisa Kay, your host, brings you shows that can enhance and transform your life with tips and new ideas for more happiness, abundance, and better relationships. Lisa is an expert on intuition and can show you how to strengthen your inner guidance to empower yourself. Each show is positive and uplifting to inspire your day. Her guest speakers are specialists on self-help, positive thinking, spirituality, and conscious living. Be the best that you can be with Between Heaven and Earth, conscious living for your soul. And angel blessings to everyone, and I hope you can all hear me okay. We've been having some funky things going on with the technology, um, but we'll just ask our angels to come in and fix it. Archangel Michael's really good at that. Anyway, today our show is all about how to declutter easily and manifest new things for yourself. One of the best ways to quickly manifest what you desire is to create space for new energy to come to you. And our special guest today is Nikki Payne, who is an expert on decluttering. Our show today is recorded, so we won't be taking any callers, but we always like to hear from you. So if you have any questions at all about our show, you can email us at this address. It's radio at lmk88.com. That's a radio at lmk88.com, and we'll uh, send you an answer or reply. Okay, and I'm a teacher, an author, a public speaker, and I specialize in teaching people how to follow their inner guidance and develop their intuition. I also write about how to bring spirituality into your everyday life uh, in a variety of online magazines. So let's start with our topic on decluttering. I'm, a gr- I'm really good. I'm great at putting all my ducks in a row. Uh, but when I ran out of space for all my files, my books, and my and my other things, I realized, you know, I really need to get rid of some of my ducks and decluttering. And manifesting in my life, it always felt like it was flowing, but then it also had some bumps and stutters. And it seemed like life was set up to manifest for me, but then things would stop or slow down. And when energy doesn't flow well in your space, your life doesn't flow well. And recently I had help from my soul sister, Nikki Payne, who's a realtor and also an expert on decluttering. And over the past 25 years, she's helped dozens of clients and friends clear out their clutter. While I'm not a hoarder, I know I have lots of stuff I need to clear out, and maybe you do too. Uh, But I couldn't seem to get over that hump of making it happen. So I called Nikki, and she helped me with some amazing revelations about decluttering. And the great thing about decluttering is even when you take small steps towards getting rid of things that you no longer need, the universe begins to respond and support you energetically. So the moment I set in, in, I set in motion the steps to declutter, I set that intention, an opportunity for a book collaboration appeared, Uh, This publicist that I've been wanting to manifest showed up, and I was invited to host a new radio show on spirituality, um, on a spirituality-based network. So that was really cool. All these things started to happen right after I set that intention. I put the steps together just to really make my decluttering happen. And even more is happening so fast, but I can't reveal it all to you just yet. So I was so excited about this uh, and the process that I went through with Nikki. I wanted to share it with with you and show you how this amazing process can make a way for you to bring 
new energy into your life through decluttering. And Nikki is here with us today uh, to talk about how you can declutter quickly and easily and manifest new things in your life. So welcome, Nikki. It's so I'm so glad to have you on our show today. I'm glad to be with you. Thanks. Uh, as you said, I have been involved in real estate for about 25 years, first as an investor and then as a realtor. And uh, when I was first married, my husband and I bought um, a beautiful old farmhouse, fell in love with the land. The house was a mess, but we decided to go forward with it anyway. We renovated it and moved into it, lived there for about three or four years and decided we were a little too far away from town. So we found an old brownstone in town, which had beautiful features to it, a gorgeous old mahogany staircase. But again, it really wasn't livable. So we renovated that, sold the farmhouse, and moved into the brownstone. It started a pattern for us. I found out I was a little bit of a houseaholic, and we ended up moving every three or four years on average. And I needed to make the move as stress-free as possible. It's always difficult to move. It's a stressful thing, and nobody likes it. But if you're also trying to figure out what to keep and what to move, you're adding that stress at that time. So by doing that many times over, I developed a process for myself first and um, first helped somebody else to declutter. Uh, about 15 years ago, she had her house on the market. This is before I was actually a realtor, but she had it under contract, and she had to move in about two and a half weeks' time. At the same time, she had had an accident and broke both her feet, and she was in a wheelchair temporarily. Oh, and did not add to uh, the making the move easy, obviously. So when she told me that story um, over the phone, I told her I could come and help her because I had been through that process so many times. And I went out there and spent about a week with her. Every day I would drive out and we'd spend all day because, unfortunately, she'd lived there a long time and hadn't kept up with the, the uh, decluttering process. So we had the attic to do and the garage and all the closets and her kids' rooms, and it was really a big job. But we got it done and somehow managed to keep a good sense of humor about it, too. Wow. And so so how did how did you start when, when you, um, you know, apparently, I know you've been doing this with a lot of people. How do you start with somebody from scratch? Like, I know, you know, you came, I, I really didn't have any of what to expect when you came to help me. Um, but how do you generally start with people? Well, the first thing I do is I ask them, what's the biggest problem? Like, where are you keeping too many things? Because, like you said, you're certainly not a hoarder of any kind, but you had certain places where you just couldn't quite figure out what to keep and what to get rid of or how to get rid of it. So I try to identify what the problem is first. And we talk a little bit about that. And then I, we, we have to actually look at it oftentimes. So I have to see what the space is and how much they have and stuff like that. Um, once we look at it and analyze it, the first step is to sort of decide you're making three sections, essentially. Mm -hmm. What to keep, what to give away, and what to throw out. I think you know that. We went through that process with you. 
Right. So, so let's say, um, for the example with your friend, uh, where did you start with her? How did you, you know, when you first walked in that door, what did you do? <laughs> well, she was an extreme case, of course, but um, yeah. <laughs> we knew in her case, we knew everything had to go. I mean, she was moving, so that that everything. was sort of a unique. Yeah. Well, That's she was moving. Scary she had when to get you out. say everything. <laughs> well, she wasn't getting rid of everything, but she yeah. had to put it. She had to establish. Well, again, what she's keeping, what she doesn't really need but is can be of use to someone else, and what really isn't useful to anybody anymore, <laughs> just like you and I did with, with certain boxes That's where you said, thing, oh. You know, I, I think when you know we, we first talked about this, um, I, I remember I knew I had to get rid of stuff. It's a little daunting, and and you know obviously there are lots of reasons why we do keep things. Um, but, you know, in fact, I think I remember you saying, well, you'll, you'll come over for a, a certain amount of time, which was a lot shorter than I thought we needed. And you said, oh, we could get, you know, we could get lots of done in you know, days. And I was thinking, sure, if you were like my dad, who just like throws everything away. Um, so that, <laughs> I think that's the scary part, is that, you know, people think of, all right, if I have to declutter, I'm going to get rid of everything. So, no. But we didn't go through that. I mean, you were I was actually happy that we didn't, you know, as we were going through it, I thought there would be pain involved, but there it really wasn't. So how do you how do you walk through somebody with that? Well, you know, one of the things that that you learned, like you said, it is not an all or nothing thing. It isn't binary. It, the main thing mm-hmm. is that uh you have to choose. You've got to make choices. You have to decide is this still useful? Why do I have it? Is there a place for it? Um so that's what I have to do with people too. And the only reason the the friend that I'm referring to earlier in in the hour, she was moving, so she had a. It wasn't that she was getting rid of everything; she was moving everything. So some things went into boxes to go to her new place. If you're just decluttering and you're not moving, you can start with say a closet where you just don't have room. You know, there's too many things in there. You want to take some of it out and look at it. You know, what is it? You can again, you're grouping. So. Once you've decided this, some things are easy. You know, like when when I worked with you, you would say, oh, I know all of this stuff has to go. I just don't know who it should go to or how to get it out of my house. Remember? Yeah, Yeah, there were things that were like really, you know, I have the advantage of being older. So there were things that were really old, like over 10 years old. And there were lots of papers that I had that were really, you know, older than that. And I, I knew that they, there's probably stuff that I don't need. So mm-hmm. that that's what I, I... And it was safer for me, for me to point you in that direction. <laughs> right. Because I kind of half knew that they needed to go already. And that's so I, okay. I, that is, that's a good place for people to start because when it's daunting, um, and it will be if you don't do it on a regular basis, uh, find the things that are easier to part with first. Just take the take the time. You know, everybody has a... It could be a junk drawer in an office or in a kitchen or something. Start with something small. You can usually, by looking at it, there'll be certain things that you know you can get rid of right away. And like when you and I were together and you had you had a particular box that you were just struggling over, and I gave you a little time to think about it, and I asked you why you were having trouble with it. But inevitably I said, okay, let's put that aside and move back to something else. Because when you start, when you have the little victories and you feel so good about it, remember how good you felt when we were, we'd actually accomplished, we'd get two or three things out of a space and you could see that we were making progress. 
you want to get that when you get reinforcement from that positive feeling over and over again. It gets easier exactly. to deal with with the bigger stuff. It did, and and I think you kind of get have to get into the habit of um, letting things go, and then what things you know what things are when you do let go of things, maybe that you're kind of hemming about and then you realize well there is no reason to hang on to it mm-hmm. then um and then when you do let it go it's not so bad that's true so that was very helpful that's true and sometimes i know uh again i know we're bringing up your particular case because it's recent and we're, we were both involved but for you you had certain things that you had in storage you hadn't opened them since you had moved into your current place and you wanted them, you just didn't have a space for them. There's some project right. that was holding you back, like the books and the bookshelf. The, yeah, the books. You know, it's funny. that. It, okay, so I've been in the house for over 10 years, and there were some books that were still in the moving boxes that were taped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. obviously hadn't been opened since I moved. Um, so that would, you know, the first thing I think you, you read in the magazines, okay, one of the ways that you know you don't need something is if you have a box. You haven't opened in seven years, they'll toss it. Um, but, you know, when I opened the box, I was like, oh, that, that's where those things are. And I really mm-hmm. wanted them. And, um, you know, I actually had space for it at this point. But I think you made a good point is that, um, you know, it, it doesn't do you any good when it's in a box. And you can't, right. and that's the whole idea about the things of deciding what to keep and what to let go is that you want it to be. You want to keep the things that are useful to you, um, mm-hmm. either today or tomorrow, um, in a in a certain way. So these books were things that, um, okay, I hadn't looked at them in a long time, but they, some of them I had been looking for, and you know, every now and then uh, I had been wanting to to read them and I couldn't find them. So now I have them. I put them out on the bookshelf, and where they are. <laughs> yeah. Now you know where they are. They're useful to you again. It doesn't mean that you have to use it every day, but it's something that you may refer to again and again. Or it may be something that, you know, I don't keep, I read a lot of books. I don't keep them all because I wouldn't have enough space in my house. But I do keep my favorites. I don't think that it's necessary. You know, people are afraid with decluttering that that they have to to break away from everything that's near and dear to them. And I don't think that's true at all. It's just a matter of, again, making sure you can access the things that are valuable to you um, Mm -hmm. and that you have room. You know, it's funny because uh, I think one of the things you had asked me recently was whether I was one of those people who doesn't collect things. And that's not true. I actually do sometimes. I mean, I'm as a realtor, I'm driving in neighborhoods all the time, and I get sucked into the estate sale sign just like a lot of people do, and I go walking in there. And I, I have a thing for sort of, you know, old little platters or cream and sugar sets or silly things like that. But if I bring them home and I don't have room in the cabinet with the other platters, then I know I have to make a choice about it. So Mm -hmm. that's part of what you were saying about making room for good energy. There's a flow, right? So what I'll do in an instant like that is I'll take out the platters and I'll choose my favorites. Hmm. I can't keep them all if I want to keep buying more things at estate sales. But you do have to make a choice. So I'll I'll look at them all in a line, and I'll decide which ones are really my favorites, and I'll put those back. And then I'll take the ones that I don't think I'm as crazy about anymore, and I'll give them a goodwill, or I'll give them to some organization that 
uh, is happy to take the stuff that isn't useful to you but can be very useful to someone else. So how do you decide, though, which which things are really things you want to keep? Because sometimes I think people might go, well, I can't decide, you know. It, it, you know, how, it, how do you decide? It's very subjective. And if it's something, you know, where it's, if it involves keeping memories or something, you know, people who have children and they've grown up and you're keeping a few of their favorite things when they're small or a few of their clothes, all of that stuff, it's very subjective. I think it's fine to keep some of it. It's just that a box of it is fine, 15 boxes of it isn't. Uh, if it's things, <laughs> if it's things that are, uh, I mean, obviously, I think it's still true that you're supposed to keep seven to ten years of important papers, tax return files, and right. receipts for important items. Uh, certainly, uh, important records should be kept. Um, some health paperwork for yourself right. or for your family. All of those things should have a space, and and. You need to hold on to those, but that's well, that's let's, why you yeah, go ahead. Let's go back to the things that are maybe like you were talking about the plates or the you know, mm-hmm. which is maybe not so clear. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things that I had, um, you know, sir, you know, or the things that you that are are maybe knickknacks and so on, and there. You know, one knick-knack is kind of the same as the other, so how do you decide which one? Um, I, you know, I'm wondering. I think for me what I did was I kind of go with what, you know, I always use my intuition. I always use how, what feels good and and what draws me. So, mm-hmm. um, And I think we did that. I, I have uh, a zillion crystals. Remember we went through that? And yes. I've got too many, and that was one of those things. It's just like you go into the estate. I love to go to estate sales, too. Um, and I stopped because I got too much stuff. <laughs> but I did the same thing with crystals. And um, I filled up every shelf that I had open with these crystals, and um, they were just way, way too many, and I had to stop buying them because I didn't have any more space. But even the space that I did have, there were just too many. That was very cluttered, and it didn't feel good anymore, and I knew I had to put some away. So I think when we went through that, what helped, was um, my inclination to go with my feeling, my intuition. So I was like, all right, I know these. And they're not, I wasn't throwing them away. I was just packing them away where I knew that I could go to them and maybe take them out again later. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the things you can do is rotate, right? That's so, exactly right. And yeah. so I tried, to, I tried to pick the things that, all right, I knew these are ones that I can, you know, that I wanted to keep out because they felt really good to me and I love to look at them every day. And then these others, well, you know, not as much. And so I, I selected those to to put away, you know, so that kind of thing. So what do you do when you have, like, some people have too many photographs. But, you know, you don't want to you don't want to get rid of them all, or do you? How do you select? Well, the, that's funny because I remember being, I think I was in my 20s, And I would take the good photos and put them, of course, nowadays so many of them are digital, right? So people have them on memory sticks or or memory drives and things. But with a hard copy. Well, that's even worse, right? Because now you can make a million photographs. That's what I was saying. Oh, now we got to make, in fact, we got an, we got an extra, extra big external drive because, you know, my son loves to take a zillion photographs. 
Right. But, yeah. <laughs> and I, I say keep the best ones. But for a while, before mm. I got better at it, I, I remember I had this box that I, I had moved before I had perfected my own uh, habit of purging. And I took them out, and they're blurry, or somebody's half their oh. head is cut off. And I thought, oh. why am I lugging these around? There isn't any sin to getting rid of the bad photos, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I you need to keep, keep the, the bad, bad photos. Can you imagine? That, that was one of the things I recognized, too, is like I keep, I don't even know why I do this. I keep things that I shouldn't, why do we keep? You know, I, would they, I shouldn't have kept. It's like, yeah, why keep the blurry ones? Just toss those. Um, awesome. Well, so actually, that gets me to another question: Is um, why do you think we hang on to things? Why do people people do that? What's it in um, your opinion? I think um, there's two reasons that people do it. One is that they're afraid of making a mistake about what they're going to part with; that oh, eventually they'll regret it. And yeah. the other one is that they have a perceived value of what it is it, either going to have a value for them in the future, mm-hmm. or it had a value for them in the past. And it's fine, again, if it has a value for you in the past that is also valuable. It's kind of like when we talked about strolling down memory lane, there's nothing wrong with that. But I will tell you there was a woman that I helped. She was pretty good about most things. She was terrible about clothes, and she had a very large walk-in closet. But for some reason, she stuffed so much clothing in there that she called me up and she said, you need to come help me. And when I went over there, I said, okay, and I looked at the closet, and it was pretty self-evident, but I, I asked the question, okay, what is the main problem with your closet like this? And she said, on a daily basis, I can't find what I know fits me right now that I can wear this in good condition. I said, you're right, that's the problem. That's what your closet is supposed to be for. It's for the clothes that you're using right now that fit you now that are in decent enough condition that you can actually wear them out in public. <laughs> All the other things you really shouldn't have in here anymore. So um, I asked her why, you know, she would pull up a beautiful dress or a a suit that she had from 25 years ago that was obviously well-made. She'd spent a lot of money on it, but she couldn't fit into it anymore. And I said, well, why are you holding on to this? And she said, oh, when I look at it, I remember all the good times I had in it and how wonderful I looked in it. And I said, that's great, but do you have a picture of yourself in it? Because then you can actually see how great you looked in it and you can remember the good times wearing that in the picture instead of holding the actual material anymore. Right, which gets faded. It and, does. And, and then you can't fit it. You try to fit in it and that makes you depressed. So we don't want things that make us depressed. <laughs> of course, of course. And that comes back to what's what's of value right now for you. So um, the funny thing is we I helped her. I spent about eight hours with her. And we had two separate piles, one, well, we had three, just like I keep going back to the three. Some were old and really not in good physical state anymore. Go through the piles again. Um, What are the three piles? The three three piles or three sections are what I'm keeping, what I'm going to give away to someone else, Mm -hmm. and what just has to be thrown out. I mean, even someone who would be happy to get something you're not using isn't going to use it if it's broken or it has holes in it or it's dirty and can't be, you know, it's stained, whatever right. it is. Uh, didn't we, there was something we found of yours that was just a completely broken thing. And I said, there's no reason to keep this. Throw it out. Okay, I, remember. I do remember that it wasn't broken. This was, this was an interesting, I don't Talk about, you know, value of things. Um, one of the things that I had that I 
<laughs> you helped, you made me toss, which was a good idea. Was it was a hose for a gas hose for a grill that goes to the propane tank because it was to go to a big propane tank rather than a small one, which this little grill was for. And um, it was an adapter and. And it was brand new. It was still in the package. I hadn't opened it yet, but I didn't have the grill anymore. <laughs> you looked at me. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. You looked what at was me really like, funny you don't have the grill I, anymore? I remember this grabbing is garbage. it. I know. I remember grabbing it, and you were holding on to the other end of it, and, and it was in the plastic. And I said, I said, this needs to go in the trash. And you kind of pulled back on it, and I said, why are you holding on to this? <laughs> because it's new. It is it new. It has value. But it's new. It has I value to somebody. Yet. But yeah. you don't even know what grill. I mean, who? How would you even advertise it on eBay? You don't even know what grill. Oh, they it probably was. don't even make the grill anymore. They probably don't. It's trash. It has to right. be. It has to be thrown out. But that's yeah. That's so the, that went in the garbage. And that, yeah. That was a. But I think that was the whole thing is about the value of things and that the value we place on things. And if you, I think, and I think you said too that the value we had on something maybe in the past is no longer. And here's an example, right? It had value in the past. Uh-huh. Um, and I still have it because you still, in your memory, have that value there. But, you know, today it's no longer valuable. Um, and right. it seems like a simple thing. It's like, well, obviously. But maybe, you know, looking at it, I look at it it's like, well, that's kind of dumb. Why didn't, you know, why did I hang on to that? But I think what happens is um, with things that we keep, you know, stored away somewhere, we're not thinking a whole lot about it. Uh, and we're not, you know, and to go back and really evaluate things, makes us think more about it and then you know we can move move through it and then every little piece that you get rid of is you know get you get you somewhere and and um I think also you know maybe that revealed to me another thing about getting rid of the it was new and I never used it and so you feel like well you don't throw away things that are new and that you know you haven't used yet you're supposed to use it until it's fully used and then you throw it away so maybe to give myself permission to say it's okay to chuck something that's um you know hasn't been opened. Yeah. Is okay. Yes. I mean we we gave a lot of stuff to Goodwill because I'm not always sure what they can use or not use. Mm-hmm. Um but uh sometimes there just isn't there isn't some place that you can pass it forward so to speak that that it can bring value to somebody else. Yeah, and I think you made a good point that when we were going through things for Goodwill, uh, you know, it really isn't for us to decide whether they can use it or not, that they'll decide and they know what they can do. with That's things. right. And then they probably, because they do it all the time, they get all kinds of things from everybody. Mm-hmm. If they can't use it, they may have someplace else to send it. I'm involved in a service organization and uh, one of the things that we, we did sometimes as a service project was to help. It was a store, it was a resale shop, and the monies went to um, pregnant teens. You know, they, they helped mm-hmm. them in whatever capacity they could. And we would help them uh, swap out seasonally the clothing that they were going to sell. Um, and so we would go through bags of stuff that mm-hmm. people had donated, and we ended up making piles also and sometimes people they meant well but they were maybe it was just a little too far gone you know gently used is one thing <laughs> but they meant they meant well but we would go through and we'd have to make a stack well those rags that we weren't going to sell were used for something else i don't remember if it was for um 
people who were cleaning some there was something it was yeah. it was put to some use i didn't need to know what it was i just apparently was there some to, places take old clothes and you know if they can't be say you know they're no longer really useful they actually take the material and they send it to a place that recycles um the fabric there you and, go yeah and they can somehow i don't know how they do that but it, again it's not for us to figure that out but they you know <laughs> they 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 do it, um, but I, I think that's part of uh, why we hang on to things. Actually, um, I found I did some research online, and I found that there was actually a study, uh, and this may explain it. Um, they, there was a scientific study done about with um, with things that we hold on to and that we give value. And what what they did was researchers had what they did within this experiment was they gave participants coffee mugs to handle and examine before they would participate in an auction for these mugs. And they wanted to see, the researchers wanted to see if the length of time that people held on to the mug would have an effect on the amount of money they would bid for that, that mug. And so some participants were instructed to hold the mug for 10 seconds. Some others were, the other half were told to hold it for 30 seconds and the one and it see it's not a long time it's only 10 seconds versus 30 and 30 the ones who held it for 30 seconds they discovered the longer period of time were willing to pay more than 60 percent more for their mug than those who held it for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. and not only that but those who held their mug longer were more likely to also opt to keep their that mug and none of the ones who held it for a shorter period of time wanted to keep the mark. So <laughs> that was like fascinating. So it's almost as if the longer you hang on to something, the more you know value, the more intrinsic value you give it, and then and you don't want to give it up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know maybe that's something that we have to break ourselves of. Is that, and I, I it's true for me. You know, breaking ourselves as well. I've had it for so long; it must be important. But, yes. You know, and we've all known people who have held on to things for a long time, and then they're trying to. Well, society does it, right? Well, they're trying so to convince everybody else how valuable it is, and other people may not really see the value in it. <laughs> well, you know. because it's they, theirs; they they've yeah. held on to it. It's and, important and think, to them, but yeah. yeah. And I think also, you know, look what we do with artifacts and museums. Things that are really yes, old. but again, I don't think there's anything wrong with holding on to certain things. There is okay, value in yes. certain things. Um, but well, how, one of how the do things, you know what? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, what you brought up is a good point. It, to me, the the whole purging thing is sort of like exercise. The more you do it, the more confident you are about it, and the more you learn how to get through it on a regular basis. And then it doesn't become, you know, there's for a lot of people, if they just aren't willing to do it at all, it becomes such a a, uh, a depressing thing. It becomes this um, overwhelming process. They don't know what to do with it. So uh, again, I, I always emphasize: well, just try to start small. Right. Try to start with a small project and start to go through it. But then also think about: for, for me, for example, I purge my clothes seasonally because it makes sense to. I don't have a big enough closet to have my winter and my summer clothes in the same closet. So when I go to switch things out, that's when I evaluate what I have. Um, For paperwork, for me, I do it in January. It's a slow time of year for me. So I go through the files that I have in my my, um, filing cabinets, 
and I shred what has information I don't want others to see but is not important to me anymore. Um, I think you and I went through a process like that. Perhaps you keep a certain number of months of bills, but after that, do you really need them? I mean, if there was some conflict, it should have been addressed by now. You know, you certainly don't need five years of electric bills. I can't imagine why. (laughs) So you need, and some of it, if it doesn't have anything important, just put it in the recycle bin. But if you do it on a regular basis, it first of all, the job is much easier. It's smaller. <laughs> yeah. It's when you walk into a huge basement or a huge attic and everything is up to the to the roof and you think, "Oh man, I'm in trouble now." You know, you just right. don't want to get there. You want to no. you want to do it more often. It does get easier if you do it more often. The practice is important. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um and Nikki, you're calling us from Dallas, right? Yes, been down here for about Hmm, 18 years now, I think. Wow. So any of you guys, if you're down in Dallas um, and you want to hook up with, with Nikki Payne, that's where she is. Otherwise, um, I guess it would be phone. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It would be. So I wanted to get back to our discussion and um, talk about that process, you know, getting over that hump. I think the hardest thing for me was, you know, I've I've done a little bit of clearing out, but then there were always the, the big things that was, like, so difficult to, oh, you know, you look into that closet, like, oh, I have to get to that. It's just so hard to do. And I could never get over the, um, you know, get the, the momentum to get it going. And as you said, the longer you wait, the harder it becomes. Um, and I think what happens is I start to think, okay, well, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. You know, um, okay, so I've got these things that I want to give away, um, but then I ha- if, if I want to give them away, I have to find a place that will take it. And then, if, then to find the place that will take it, I have to make sure that they, you know, that they take, that they're going to do good with it. And But then I have to call them, and then... Maybe they're not going to take it, and you know who do I talk to and and then it becomes like too hard or you know so you create yeah well, unfortunately, you know. there is a little bit of homework involved in in some of this, you know mm. um, but what every, do you mean by every homework well, there's two parts of it, you know, as when we were together working on your stuff, uh, once you made the choices, you had the stuff. The throwing out was easy. We put it in the trash. Yeah, you get a big out. bag and you throw it in the garbage Right. <laughs> but then you have these groups of things uh, that are supposed to go somewhere else. They're still in yeah. your house, but at this moment they're right, they're not right. going to stay there. You need to get them somewhere else. Right. And so, yeah, I remember you know, when I left, I said, all right, well, you, you are going to have to call. You're know, going to have to do a little bit of research. The Goodwill one was fine. You knew where there was a location, and you just made mm-hmm. some loads up in your car and took it. So that was relatively easy. Yeah, and I think what helped there, too, was yeah, the homework. Part of the homework was, okay, oh, yeah, there is a Goodwill play. So you could search, now you can search on Google. I think when, you know, before we had the Internet, it was a little harder because you couldn't yeah. get information as easily. Um, you know, so you could look up on, on the web and see what places take uh, donations. It might be a Goodwill. It might be some other charity organization. And see the kinds of things because they don't all take the same thing. And um, one of the things Goodwill does not take, <clears throat> excuse me, is toys. I was surprised. Uh, because they don't want to have the liability for, you know, sometimes they have toy recalls. But they'll take clothes and knickknacks and televisions and furniture. And 
um, all kinds of things like that. And so then I think what was good about that, what you did with me, is that we took all the things for goodwill and we made a goodwill pile. Mm-hmm. So now I think you were talking about the three piles. Well, the, I guess the one was, you know, what do you keep, what do you give away, and what do you throw away. Right. I think the giveaway right. pile started to turn into a few piles because then they were on their way out the door. So, That's right. So the goodwill pile was the goodwill pile. And right, then, and then there was an electronics pile. Right, right. that was a good one because you can't the always old take electronics. those and, and throw them in the garbage or um, or give them or Some electronics don't work anymore, but you're not supposed to throw them in the garbage. So Right. And there I found out that uh, they have what I guess um, household refuse or household recycling. There's centers where they take things that you can't throw in the garbage, like electronics, mm-hmm. uh, cell phones, hazardous materials, um, which might be fluorescent tubes because they have mercury in them, or the old ther- um, thermometers that have mercury in them. So you mm-hmm. know they'll take those things. And so I looked up on the web um, the one that was near me, and when you can give it to them and these places you ha- you can go there and some of them you in this particular one you actually set up an appointment time which is all on the web it's really easy you just click a button and you fill in your name and your email and that's it and then you show up at that time and they'll take your stuff mm-hmm. um but you know that way I knew okay so that was I think the electronics pile cuz that's I didn't have oh I did have a thermometer <laughs> yeah for that and another thing was that I've been hanging on for years and years and years is a set of license plates. Now, why did I have these license plates? Well, this was, I live in New York, and at that time, New York went from, I think, the Liberty plates to, I forget, the state plates or something like that, and then they made everybody get rid of their their Liberty plates or whatever it was and and get new ones. I don't know why the government made you do that, but um, the problem was, and you could keep your number. So we kept our number. But now the problem is I have these old plates with our current license number on it. And I was afraid that if I tossed them in the garbage that somebody would take them and put them on their car and now it looks like it's registered to us. So I never knew what to do with them, so I just kind of hung on to them. <laughs> and, yes, but uh, did you find, because we were thinking maybe, you know, the Department of Motor Vehicles did, would I take them back. I found out. I found out what you do with them because I Googled license plate, how to dispose of them, and what you're supposed to do. Well, first of all, you can cut them up, but, you know, if you can find something to cut your license plate. Right. I don't have anything to do. That's, the other that's thing one heck of a shredder right there. I don't get uh, that. was really right. Tear them in half. Uh, the other thing, that they say what you can do is you get a big permanent marker and write, like, void on them, or you, like, block out the number. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's, uh, or you could do both. You could block out the number and, you know, kind of cut them up. Um, but, the, those are the little things that kind of hold you back, and I think you really, like you said, you have, have homework, but then you have to, you know, just get the do it. And I think what helped for me big time was that I set the time aside, I set in motion the intention number one that I was I had to do this, um, and then you know the opportunity, God, the universe brought me you. And then, yeah. you know, you you were willing to come and visit me in New York to do this. And I was like, yes, because now it's got to happen. And we yes. set that time aside. You know, we set a couple days, and, and I did nothing else. I mean, we worked, right? Right. And, and we were I able think to get through it that. is good to have someone else that can help you do that because 
what happens is it it helps you stay on track. Like sometimes we you'd start to get you'd start to get really absorbed by one specific thing you were debating about. And oh, I would yeah. sort of reel you back in and say, "Okay, all right, enough of that. Let's let's what's what's over here? <laughs> we could go here? down memory Squirrel. lane. <laughs> we're going down memory lane. That's the other yeah. thing is you get caught up in memory lane. And oh, okay. look at this. I haven't seen this in but a that's long okay. time. But see, that comes back to the thing of that's fine. That's mm-hmm. then then hold on to that for now. But certainly there's something else that isn't going to hold your interest that long that you really don't need. It well, really yeah. comes down to what's useful for someone and how much space they have and whether they're able to find what they want when they need it. Right. It's, that's what, again, it's very subjective. You know, um, I can't make people really ultimately do anything. Um, I can give them some tips and I can kind of help. I can talk with them about it and we can go through the process for several hours at the end of the day, when I leave, you know, if they stuff it all back in their closet <laughs> or if they never do it again, it's just that the problem will still be there. So yeah. so it, it's it's one of those things where you have to make it work for you. But it's fine to have certain things that you keep, but there's got to be other things you have to choose. It always comes back to a choice. There's got to be something else that has to go. Something's got to go. Did you ever find um, either yourself or someone who's decluttered um, say, oh, I, I made a big mistake. I shouldn't have gotten rid of that. Um, no. Um, hmm. Occasionally someone will say, oh, you know, I thought I'd had fill in the blank, whatever the item was, and then I remembered I got rid of it. But most of the time, whatever it was, uh, it wasn't that important. They forgot about it again. It, it, they hadn't used it, obviously, in a long time. Um, or they can replace it. I mean, don't forget that sometimes we hold on to things like you were holding on to that hose for that grill you didn't even have. Well, mm-hmm. if you did need a hose for the grill you have, especially with the world the way it is now, you could probably find it somewhere. But holding yeah. on to something that doesn't... Buy another that one. That's revelation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It <laughs> they really probably get a better down. one, right? That's the other yes, thing. and that's, that's the other thing. thing. You know, I mean, the world has moved on. So sometimes you think you're holding on to something yeah. that that you might have a use for, there's something much better. Let's talk a little bit about value. I think that was the thing that helped me. And, you know, I'm I'm almost feeling and hearing what other people are thinking about. Well, you know, I don't have a lot of money, um, so I can't always buy new things. But I think one of the things that came out for me was determining what value things really do have. And there are things that are worth money that you do want to keep and things that can be useful. I think... Kind of what you were talking about um, was helping me go through the kinds of value things could have. So what are some of the the things that you show people in terms of value? What do you ask them to find out? Well, I ask them, most often I ask them, how are they using it? What is this? Why are you keeping it? And if they answer me in a way that makes logical sense, yes, I use it for this and I have it for that. You know, if it's something that's part of their world that actually has a use for them on a fairly regular basis, there's, that's you keep that. I mean, that's fine. Right, so the key there would be the regular basis kind of thing. Well, yeah, again, right? unless it's some kind of a sentimental or a memory thing, which is sort okay. of a separate issue. Yeah, something yeah. that you, and I noticed that too, something that, you know, we, I would feel very attached to because it gave me really good, happy memories. And I think that was also something that was important is, is what kinds of feelings do you get from it, mm-hmm. right? 
Absolutely. I mean, especially the way that you think about everything. You know, there's the good energy is what you're always trying to promote, right? So, yeah. so if it's useful and it makes you feel good and and it's some place where you know where it is, you know, again, like like putting the books on the bookshelves instead of having them in a box sealed up in a, in the basement. Or like when we were talking about um around Christmas time when you get a lot of cards or things like that, you don't need to keep all of them if you had someone who wrote a heartfelt thing that it was maybe someone you don't see all the time or it was a really beautiful card or some reason you want to keep it, then keep it. Put it in a scrapbook so that occasionally you pull out the scrapbook and you can see the things you've mm-hmm. kept. There's a purpose for it. It makes you feel good. That's great. But keeping 100 Christmas cards every year may not be the wisest thing to do. <laughs> yes. Well, another thing that was um, that I had trouble with was... Um, you know the pictures that go into the into the scrapbook you know and how they just kind of didn't make it in there so um walk me through the process that you did with me with that well what we did is you had a stack of stuff i think it was in a box and so i just said well do you have do you have a photo album yes and it was empty so we just sat there right then and just started putting them in don't worry about necessarily that you need to um you know, a lot of times we put up roadblocks for ourselves. Well, I want to do that, but I want to organize it. And so I need to set aside all this time to do it a certain way. Well, maybe not. Maybe you just stick it in there for now. There may come another day when you can go through and decide you want to reorganize it. But at least the photos are in a safe place. They're not all bunched up in a in a box. And they're they're in the photo album. And then the photo album looks very pretty on the shelf instead of just having the box of photos. Is that the one you were talking about? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that was, that's exactly what happens to me as I get into the, well, I really want to organize them or I want to have them, you know, I want to label them. Or, and then, then you know, then it never gets done because <laughs> it's, it's way, right. way Right, way because you're much. making a lot of steps to get to, it's certainly better to at least have that part done. And, and Again, if you're doing this kind of a thing on a regular basis and then a, a day comes when you have an extra hour or you happen to pull the photo book out and you're looking and then you say, oh, you know, I really want to reorganize them. Well, that's fine, but do that project, you know. Um, yeah, I lo- I lo- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just, just, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I can't do this because of that. I, I, want, I need more time to do You've got to start somewhere. So start with right. small projects. Uh, yeah. Do it fairly often. Keep in mind, like I said, if it's keep, it's fairly easy so long as you're not, you know, if you have 50 items and 49 of them are keeps, you've got a problem. But, <laughs> but you know, you do, you just sort of, it's that flow like you were talking about. I loved well, when I, you said yeah. make room for good energy. Well, you need to yeah, do that. Yeah, I think, but, you know, some of the methods that you had to get you over that hump was, um, in certain cases, was the touch at once, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, for example, like some of the um, crystals that I had, I had intended because they're museum quality, put them in a, in my curio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't even know why, but I was I, oh, I know what it was. It's like okay, let's take those out and we'll put them over in this other box to put yeah. them in the curio. And you were like, well, let's just put them in the curio right now. That's right. <laughs> so it's like touch let's it walk once, from your let's just walk from you know the, instead of going from yeah. the office to the box, go to the office to the curio, and then That's it's right. done. Because unfortunately, think, you would have just moved it into another box and put it to the oh, side. Oh, it would have just sat there. Yeah, right. exactly. And I think right. that the was things that are the easy do. Uh, is that the things that are easy do right away? Okay, right. Okay, that's that's a good one. Do right away and um, try to just do it once rather mm-hmm. than 
you know, and I think again those those piles. Um, I had the recycling pile. I think going through papers was good, and and I knew they were going to go in recycling. So I had the big recycling pile, and then mm-hmm. the Goodwill pile, and the you know, the household you know refuse pile, and uh, and then there was a pile for you know my husband to go through, and that helped me do my homework. Where it's like, okay, I know I've already decided all those things are going to Goodwill, so I'm not going to go through it again. And I didn't. Yeah. I just like. Put it all in, you know, the boxes, and they went to Goodwill because I, yeah. you didn't want to hem over it and haw over it too much. Otherwise, um, like you said, it might go back in the closet. That's right. <laughs> and that helps you practice. That helps that's you get. Right. And then, then you let go. It's like, oh, it, I was able to do it. I could let yes, it go. Exactly. Exactly. And it was okay that I did. Right. Yeah. And it was okay. And it, 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 I think part of it is that we have to overcome the fear of, of. Um, and it's a—it's not even a fear that you can, I can even label, but it's like I'm—I'm I'm not used to letting things go um, without going through a lot of steps and going through. Because sometimes I think in the past I'd have to really think through it, and and but there really is no thinking, especially when you go through the value of, you know, if we were to label them out, some of the value is it has monetary value that you use. So if we go through it in steps. One is that it's useful. You do use it, you know, maybe every day or maybe you use it, you know, once or twice a year, but you do use it. Like mm-hmm. the Christmas tree, right? You're exactly. Not throw that away. And of then course the, not. Right. Then the next thing, number two, would be things that give you sentimental value, that gives you joy, that gives you happy happiness and that makes you feel really good. You don't want the things that keep you that that bring you down. Those mm-hmm. we want to throw away. Um That's right. but the things that, you know, that have that are uplifting. And um and I think the other things that are the things that you want to keep are the things that are really uh contemporary, you know, things that um you are you know you're you're using every day and you know, can you think of another category? Well, just the one there are again, there are certain things that may not make you feel good but they're they are sensible to keep and that comes back to some of the paperwork we talked about. Obviously right. you want your tax returns for a certain number of years. You want the important papers and you want them in a place you can find them. Um, that other category of uh, what is the backup information that I do need to keep. You may want receipts like you and I talked about for you, receipts for insurance purposes for for larger ticket items. So some things you do want to keep, but there's a lot of stuff that may be sitting in files that is just taking up room. Absolutely. I love the term you you had come up with. And that's a good way to pare down uh, and purge, as you say, and declutter and, you know, kind of, categorize what it you know what things do you want to keep and why and then the things that I do have now I really have conscious value for me um and I understand why I I'm keeping those and then you don't feel like um you know I wouldn't want to say it I think you came up with a great term um I I didn't think I was a hoarder I don't think I'm a hoarder um I think you call me what did you call me it was hordette a hordette <laughs> Yeah, just a mini hoarder, so like a little hoarder. Yeah, but a lot yeah, we, of people that a lot of people that I help have that problem. Again, it isn't that you're not walking into a house where there's you know one little tiny lane you can move through. It looks fine, but there's the problem is I don't know whatever the specific thing it may be like somebody's office there's too much paperwork or a closet there's too many clothes, and they know that they're there's a problem. There's a lot of people who are fine. They do a, a, a 
pretty good job of keeping everything straight for themselves. When you can't find stuff, you know, for you, like when we got into your office and you had a lot of things stacked up, you want to have it where you can access it easily and you know where it is and stuff. And you, and you want you to feel good it. about the things that you, right. you do have. And I think that that's that whole energy thing. And, and I think maybe we keep things because um, they still have some value, but maybe not for us anymore. They exactly. have value, and they could have value for other people. And that makes you even feel better because you're helping other people. You know, I'm giving exactly. these things where they can be better used. And I gave, I gave, um, I had an old business that was an after-school program for kids, and I had tons of toys that were brand new. I wasn't going to throw those away. So what I did was I gave them to a toy store, and I, you know, it's funny. The owner was like, "Why are you giving these to me?" Well, I, you know, I'm not going to use them anymore, and and you could use them, and and I, I don't want anything for it, and you know, just go sell them. <laughs> and he yeah. was like, "Wow!" Yeah. He was like shocked. And he was yeah. like, "Well, if there's anything I can do for you?" He says, "This is so generous of you." And it's like, "Well, yeah, please, you know." You know, this way it, it helps him, but then also they're used. And, you know, we don't, you know, we want the things that we have to be of good use and, you know, mm-hmm. don't have some use to it. So, you know, th- I think all these things are just tremendously helpful for me. And, again, the whole practice thing. And now, um, it, you know, I feel so much better having that more space and clearing things out. And I've met so many people recently who said, oh, yes, I'm Mr. Clutter, I'm Mr., you know, or I'm Mrs., you know, um, you know, Mrs. Keep Everything, and, mm-hmm. you know, they all need help with this, and these are great ways that we can just start going down that road of clearing things out. And like I said, when you get that energy out of there, it's, it's worked for me. It's amazing. You make space for new things to come in your life, and all the things that you've been wanting that is hanging out there in escrow for you energetically will will have room to come in, and things start to manifest um, out of the blue. You know, I, I couldn't create them. You know, the universe created it. So they create the universe creates the opportunities for things to manifest within your life. So I think it's phenomenal. Nikki, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on my show. I know this is not something you normally do, but thank you. It's been, you know, really wonderful for me, and I believe it will be really helpful for a lot of people out there. Um, so thank you for taking the time to come talk to us today. Sure, it's been a pleasure. Great, great. And if anybody out there um, has a question, you can go to, you could email us at radio at lmk88.com. Um, if you want to have a, you know, if you have a question for Nikki or you want to talk to her, you know, send us an email there and uh, we'll get you in touch with her. So anyway, thank you all. We're at the end of our show. And thank you. You've been listening to Between Heaven and Earth, an Internet radio talk show where we bring you topics on everyday spirituality. Bye, everybody.